Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Today I'm joined in studio by Craig Bester. He is, I think, an adventurer at heart, a young man who is active, energetic, sort of become much more entrepreneurial, has been in corporate, but has decided together with his partner to enter the world of wine. And I thought it might be refreshing and a good idea for a lot of the young people who listen to the program and who would like to get involved in the wine industry to have a listen to what Craig has to say. Craig, thank you so much for joining us on Carrie's Corner on Biz News. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks. I appreciate being here. I think you're very nervous. I'm looking at you. You're going to go on YouTube. All my people are going to see you, so don't be nervous. Uh, no, I don't think I'm nervous. I just got a big <laughs> smile on my face. You said such nice things about me. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm very impressed with what you and your partner are doing. And we're talking, of course, about a wine label that the two of you have created together called Be A Daisy. So now it's time for me to keep quiet and for you to tell the listeners how you came upon this whole thing and how you started getting it up and running. It's it's of huge interest to a lot of people out there. Yeah, so we're an extremely young brand. Uh, we only 10 months old, so we started in the heart of COVID. And um, it was a made, uh, wine made and created for good value for money. Uh, we'd like to compete in the best value for money category and the best prize category without costing an arm and a leg. And mm-hmm. um, right now when the you know money is as scarce as what it is, uh, I thought it would be the best category to play in. It is indeed, and it's not such an easy thing to do. Give us a little bit of a hint as to your background, uh, because I was incredibly impressed the other day when we met as to how you sort of slip around that Excel sheet, and you know, you're quite a business-orientated young man at heart, aren't you? Yeah, I try. Um, For any any youngster uh, coming into any business world, I, I do think it's key for them to understand spreadsheets. I come from business administration background. Um, I have been in the uh, medical administration industry and then um, uh, tourism industry. So that has helped a little uh, and complemented uh, my partner's skills, which uh, she has. She's got a bachelor's in viticulture and analogy. And uh, she understands, yeah, she, she <laughs> understands the wines in South Africa and in the world. She's traveled quite a bit. So uh, I, I, I can say that both have complemented each other in making this brand, uh, what it is. And I love it will sustain. I'm sure it will because the, the foundation stones are very rock solid. Craig, I love the packaging that, that you and, and, um, Mrs. Bester have put together. It's just to explain to the listeners, they've put a foil onto the top of the bottle, which is black and gold stripes, which looks like the back of a bumblebee. So that's very, very um, eye-catching on a shelf. But I think let's explain 
the history of the name Bee a Daisy? Because there's lots of bees around this whole brand, isn't aren't there? Yeah. Um, so um, the name uh, Bee a Daisy, uh, small letters, the whole word. Um, the letters B E are in my partner's full name, and Daisy was my partner's nickname growing up as a child. Uh, we couldn't use Daisy on its own, as has been taken, and also didn't work with what we were trying to distinguish ourselves. Uh, mm. Be a Daisy was not only an action, but a lifestyle choice. It's to us, for ourselves and people, to be a Daisy, not only when drinking the wine, but in life. We set it out to inspire people to have the best version of themselves. That is not to act like a child, but have the innocence of one, where the decisions are based on what they like, not what the society demands on labels, marketing, and the price and the, the, the everyday gimbal. It's well, it's it's worked. It's very simple. It's pretty. It sort of targets any age group, I think. It's fresh and clean and wholesome, and it invokes, or it evokes the the feeling of nature and natural and simplicity. I don't know if that's what you were trying to get across, but that's what it's the message that seems 100%, to me. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah you, you could not have said it better. Um, it is that nature feeling, uh, the calling. And obviously, again, um, you don't have to act like a child, but it's that innocence of when, I mean, you've walked through shops and you can see how many wines there are to choose from mm. uh, at the price points that we're aiming at and at the great value for money uh, or what's inside. Uh, we kept high-end packaging. We kept the high-end bottles. Uh, the corks are all playful. Some have a bee on them. Some have daisies on them. Uh, others have hexagons for honeycombs. Mm. Um, some have the first letters BE on them. So um, we we really we kept it as playful as possible. Well, you've definitely got the packaging and everything right. And then I have had the privilege of tasting some of your of your wines. And you've got the quality right as well. So I would imagine that the two of you sort of went on a jaunt around the Cape and armed with with her knowledge of wine and your enthusiasm and business acumen, you put together a selection of wines. Tell us about what's in your selection. So uh, we currently have six varietals. Uh, we went, like you said, across the country to different wine farms and my my. my partner has a bachelor in viticulture enology so she played around with some of the wines um, because of the relationships we were or she was able to uh, have and make through her years uh, it was easy to um, go to the right people and ask them for their advice and right. soon we were on our uh, on the right way the six varietals consist of a stunning uh, 2013 brut chardonnay uh, mcc and then mm. we have a Mourvedre Rosé, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Unwooded Chardonnay, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, and Chenin Blanc. I think I've listed all of them. I think you have. Um, so what you do, Craig, is that you go and meet up with Farmer Brown and say to him, yes. we are looking for certain amount of certain literage of Chardonnay. And he says, okay, come into, step into my parlor, said the spider to the bee. And, yes. um, you then taste with him and you put together something that you and, and him and everybody is happy with that goes into the beer daisy label. Is that correct? And they come from different sources. You sourced from different farms. Yes. 
So what we've done, Carrie, is we've gone to um, the areas where we found that those wines are made the best and we went for the typical South African taste. So uh, I would hope that at least our wines would score uh, eight out of 10 almost across the range, um, yes. obviously being price pointed at their, their range. Uh, if m- being needed to be manipulated, uh, my partner would do that. And we would, we would obviously, she would assist me, uh, in, you know, uh, what we would need to create the rest yes. uh, of the wine. So, um, well, so or how with do you assist know? the farmer and before it goes to bottling. Okay. So Sorry. you've got different wines that have come from different regions. And how did you know? At the outset, just for people who are thinking maybe of, of entering this wonderful world of wine that is actually more terrifying than anything else at this stage of the game. But how did you fall upon an amount of wine to bottle? Did you just sort of thumb suck or did you put together budgets for your business <coughs> and sales targets? How yeah. did you do that? <laughs> um there were one or two times that we, um, thankfully, that we were able to sell the amounts that we were, but there were one or two times where it's like a kid in a candy store and the prices were just right. And we, we were like jumping up and down because we couldn't believe we were getting such great wine for the, that value. But we had to, we had to hold back and, uh, everything is spreadsheet based. Um, it, 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 it has been calculated for uh, a two year. Uh, you know, it is a small business. We did buy a lot of wine. It was startup. We were in the heart of COVID. Um, yes. but we, we, un- we, we did gamble, which is obviously, uh, is something if you trust in each other and, you know, the, the business and you're ready to work hard and build relationships, uh, you can do that. But yes. I, I would say, and I'd like to think that, uh, most of the, the things that we did were calculated. Uh, yes, my better half I think is pretty calculated. In, I, think, I think that's quite important for anybody who's starting up in business is to have all of that in place. Um, I agree with you. You do need to have a, a take a calculated risk. Risk is is inevitable when you're starting up your own business. Risk is inevitable, but you can minimize the risk, as you say, if you put all of these things together. Is it working to plan? Um, nothing works to plan, Carrie. <laughs> this is Africa. Yeah. Um, but, but it is a roller coaster. If you enjoy, if you learn to enjoy the hard times as well as the good, um, it, it then becomes, uh, organized. Um, you know, uh, the, my background is obviously taking, uh, you know, organizing things in chaos and, um, we have complemented each other. Uh, there are obviously deals that have fallen through. We were supposed to have uh, wine go overseas and into the African market, but because of the lockdowns, it's been hard. And because yes. of the regulations in different countries, those are also hard. And again, not to, you know, um, keep saying it, but the brand is very young. It's extremely young. It's 10 months old. We've had, yes. We have a lot of com- competition. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's about four and a half thousand wine brands in the country. So, uh, mm. if not more. So, mm. um, and some closing and others coming up with better, uh, marketing, uh, plans and strategies. But yeah, uh, I would say as far as what we are, we have been able to do, we are super blessed. 
Um, again, nothing goes according to plan, but we are on a good, uh, a good track. And I think of particular interest for me, and I think for anybody listening, um, is that you didn't have any massive bank backing you. You didn't have any investor no. putting a huge amount of money into your business. So the two of you have really, um, big borrowed and not stolen, but, um, yeah. hocked your house, your this, your that, your everything to try and get this business up and running. I know it's going to be successful. Um, and as you say, it is really, really early days. Whilst we on the subject still of Beer Daisy, because I'm going to grill you in a minute about what your background is. But whilst we're on the subject of Beer Daisy, two questions. How much? What sort of price points are we talking about? And where can listeners buy it if they are interested in buying something? So we, like I said, we have done, uh, or it's a small brand, but we have been able to list at quite uh, uh, nice places like the Potato Shed, Light Grain Cafe, Coobs. These are uh, mainly off con- uh, uh, on cons. You'll continue yes. to know Glenda's, Espresso, Boys Farmers Market, Alverdi, uh, Gourmet Grocer, Craig or Wine and Liquor. There's Monty's uh, Wine and Liquor, Norman Goodfellows, and some spas, just to name a few. Uh, that people can also go online. Uh, I can add the, the link after this or they can contact me directly. I've got no problem uh, delivering. Uh, no trip is too far for such a small brand. You have to just <laughs> okay. get in your car and do it. Yes. Uh, we've got a small team together and um, yeah, we've also got a, a online um, a store. So it's Be A Daisy uh, or Be A Daisy My Shopify. And yeah, uh, we've also got Instagram and Facebook so people could find us on that. And it's B-E, like B. It's not B-E-E, yeah. a daisy. No, yeah, it's B-E and then A, daisy, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and then price yeah, the, the price points. Um, so <laughs> it's uh, it's extremely uh, entry-level uh, price points. Well, I think so. Uh, you know, the Chenin Blanc would retail for um, 59 Rand, uh, the Sauvignon Blanc for 69 Rand. Uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon for 94 Rand, uh, the Chardonnay 79 Rand, the MCC, uh, that's a bit more expensive. It's 190. Mm. And, um, I think I've listed all. You have. So those prices yes. are incredibly affordable for everybody. I mean, there's no excuse for anybody not to have a bottle of wine on their table every weekend. No. And not if it, not if it, uh, it tastes as good as what it does. Uh, it think, does. It uh, tastes absolutely amazing. I know that you and I share a common favorite in the range and that's the Cabernet. Are we allowed to say 100%. where it comes from? Are we allowed to say where it comes from or not? Um, no, I'm sure we could. I have spoken to the farms. We have good relationships. We don't obviously. We obviously don't piggyback on. Um, we don't piggyback their marketing, uh, yeah, uh, on their marketing or anything like that. But you know, uh, the wine farms are more open to seeing the little guys do a success. And the thing is, we we obviously in this business, we're contributing towards them. I mean, we're buying their their wines uh, at bulk and getting it yes. out there. So. You know, well, we uh, just, I'm just going to uh, let slip on one then. I'm just going to let slip on one to give the listeners an idea of the quality that is inside the beer daisy bottle. The cab, which I love, as does Craig, is from Jordan Estate. 
And at the price point, under a hundred rand a bottle for that beer daisy cabernet, I can't think of one quickly off the top of my head that is any better. It's absolutely delicious that cab. And Gary Jordan, Gary Jordan knows how to make his wine. He really, really does. He's got fabulous wines in his own bottles. But you've managed to purchase some of his excess cab and pop it into the beer daisy label, and I think it's delicious. Craig, I wanted to – oh, you look like you've got something that you want to tell me before we start talking about your deep and darkest past. Um, No, not at all. Uh, (laughs) It's just to echo on what um, the whole strategy was, and that was obviously to go find the best wines in the categories that we could and uh, make the best wines in the categories that we could and give it for the best value of money. And, again, uh, calling on the name Beer Daisy, it was to – to be a game changers and disruptors. And in that, um, we, we obviously, we, we can not currently compete against the wine farms. We don't have a wine farm, but, you know, like other packaging, for example, a Woolworths, a pick and pay or whatever, they buy most of their products from farms and they package it and they, yes. they, um, their buyers trust them and that whatever is in there that would, uh, that it would be what they purchasing. And that is the brand yes. that we're going for. We yeah. we would like the people to trust what we choose at the end of the day because mm. no vintage is the same. However, you trust that that farm is going to put the same product in. It's exactly the same as anything that you really buy these days. Mm. There's another point that I forgot to mention about Beer Daisy when I was reading through all the documents about it is that you do give back to the community. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, the goal was when drinking a glass of wine or a bottle, maybe even two, uh, you would not only be buying great value for money, but you'd contribute to a foundation that we started. Um, so by supporting Beer Daisy, you'll be contributing to our Be Found Foundation. And our foundation is a non-profit and um, that supports the less fortunate. And we try and focus on uh, like areas uh, greatest need uh, from poverty to health to education, just where we can't. We 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 can't run soup kitchens and that stuff yet, but we try yeah. and contribute to as much as possible. Um, and we would. That is the goal. We we plug into other outreaches. We have recently uh, been uh, partnering up with Caring uh, for the Daisies. Uh, they they have quite a big. Uh, platform and a few others. We're part of the Mosaic community. And uh, yes, uh, we try and give back as much as possible. And why not do it while having a good glass of wine? So every single time someone does purchase it, (laughs) they're doing good. I think it's amazing that you kids are doing all of that kind of thing. It's a whole lot more than we used to think about when we were starting businesses when I was young. The last thing on our mind was giving back to anybody. It was always, once we've made a profit, we'll designate a a charity that we do, which we did. But whilst we were in our sort of birth stages, um, we didn't. And I think it's really, really admirable that so many of you young people are doing exactly that. You know, you're putting businesses in place that help yourselves and help children and elderly and dogs and cats. That's my thing. I I contribute to the animals. I don't contribute to the people. I think animals are way superior to human beings at this (laughs) stage of the game. (laughs) But I just love that part of the foundation of your business 
was that giving back to society. So well done on that. I think it's brilliant. Craig, Thank just you. to give to give everybody a little bit of um, perspective on who you are, you have done so much in a short space of time. Tell us a little bit about where you started. Um, yeah, I went to a great school. I was privileged to go to well, good schools, uh, great college and Pretoria Boys High. And then after, and I had a great sports. Were you with Elon? After. Were you with Elon Musk? No, no, he's way older than I am. Pretoria Boys. Pretoria Boys High has produced some seriously good stock. Yeah. Um, anyway, Rugby carry captains, on. I mean, kind of sport people, all of them. Um, yeah, I uh, I took art at school, and I um, my dad wanted me to. Uh, go play sports and they actually supported whatever it is what I wanted to do. But I then decided to study graphic designing and for the life of me, I couldn't sit behind a desk till the early hours of mornings, then this time, then that time. And I just, I had uh, an adventure calling. So after uh, designing, um, my uncle and I came up with a plan for me to race yachts. He used to race yachts and uh, he passed away not too long after I started that journey and uh, after a couple of boat rolling sessions and that stuff, my dad and I strategized for me to go overseas to go sail on the big yachts, but that never happened because beforehand I went to Mozambique. Uh, I opened an online booking company there uh, with some friends and um, while growing like super shaggy long hair and <laughs> being a surfer, I was a dive instructor there as well. Um, I, in 2009, Google launched that they were going to do this world tour for videos, uh, virtual tours. And I thought, listen, yeah, if we can advertise uh, our accommodation like this, how cool would that be? You know, Google could buy it from us one day. Uh, you, you need to, you need to dream big. But, yes, of uh, I went to the, I went to the African in Darba in Durban and I pitched this. I told the guys this year yeah, for 999 rand, you know, uh, pay me and I'll come to your, site and do a virtual tour and put it on our uh, website and you know advertise it so yeah for about two and a half years i traveled to close on 480 lodges or so and back and forth between mozambique but namibia botswana zimbabwe zambia uh yeah uh, got malaria a few times and yeah it was it was, it was fun and then um the business didn't do too well because of the renamo strike and at that point in time, uh, we needed we needed some uh, investment, so I sold out and I landed at Key Accounts for Maxidor, and the director there uh, asked me to move over to his new business, so that was for the medical. And um, for from then to then, so that was about six years. Uh, yeah, it was it was medical administration. Um, I was the GM there, and uh, yeah, we built the business from doing about 10 medical legals a day to 400 was our biggest day. And wow. then, yeah, and but the lifestyle for me wasn't uh, what I wanted. Um, I wanted my own time back and I wanted to do as much good as possible. And my now wife was everything to me. And we set out a plan to, you know, complement each other's lives. And uh, now with a little B, yeah, as well. We have. You have. I was about to tell everybody that we've got a yeah. baby bee. Yes. And uh, yeah, life couldn't be better. So 
both of us are super adventurous. Uh, we have uh, traveled Africa together. We, without Little B, um, we have uh, raced triathlons and we have been able to keep an adventure sport. And yeah, uh, we complement each other's lifestyles. Obviously, nothing comes easy. <laughs> there are hard words, but uh, we work hard on our relationship and we work hard on the business, which um, which at the end of the day, is uh, it's it's worth it. It's what, it's what it's all about. It's about balance. I think I recall the two of you getting onto motorbikes and traveling through Africa at one stage. Am I right? Yeah, you're correct. We traveled all the way from our house in Parkhurst to Uganda to go see the gorillas. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, just alarming. Um, yeah, she she doesn't stop on this, but uh, she says my bike broke down. Uh, the brakes kind of disintegrated, but anyway, we made it. Uh, we were supposed yes. to bring the bikes back, but because of the monsoon season, we couldn't. We ended up tracking them back, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. such an adventure. As I say, great adventures. And now with Baby B, you have to sort of turn your attentions to making some money. There's school fees to be yeah. paid. And Lots. because because this was really aimed at people who, not necessarily only young, really, anybody who's wanting to try and get into the wine industry, which is really battling at the moment. You know, as a result of COVID, we know that the supply chain has been damaged we know that yeah. the shutting down with the banning of alcohol has been nothing short of disastrous for the whole industry. It's just not possible to run a business really that is closed down for half the year if you add up when, you know, all the restrictions were imposed. So where to from here? What do you think advice, first of all, advice for any other people who are wanting to get into the wine industry as you did. Have you got any advice for them specifically? Yeah, firstly, um, you know, I would say organic growth is the most sustainable growth. You know, we, I was fortunate to almost, uh, well, have other people interested in the business. And uh, I would say to whoever is going out there, you think it's easier because there's a bigger scale and there's more money and the rest of the stuff, but it's not grow uh, grow and grow uh, uh, grow organically yeah um, mm, at your own pace yes that would exactly uh keep your relationship as transparent as possible um finances are obviously a big thing um <laughs> become very good at drawing up spreadsheets and update those spreadsheets you know it's obviously it's a roller coaster and mm. um even if there wasn't these times carry uh, in these times with uh, COVID, it has just taught us how to, you know, uh, adapt quicker and uh, be more on it. And you mm. used to have delivery people, set delivery people doing things. Now you get in the car and you deliver it. You know, you, yes. um, you used to have an administrator that would do the accounts and the stuff. Now you just have to do it. Um, online, mm. the online tools are amazing. You can sit in the night and learn so much um i've heard from yourself as well you know you do your most reading at night and that's your quiet time when you can you know sit there um focus on on, on things so um so yeah so where to obviously we want to grow and um i'll i'll uh, if you don't grow you die unfortunately you do mm -hmm. die out because the competition is growing and we our competition is at the end of the day uh, the bigger farms and the bigger brands and they have the finances behind them. 
don't kid yourself. They also have overheads. They also have staff. They have everything you have. The scale is just smaller. Yes. So maintain great service and relationships is for us so key. And uh, just by doing that, we will, you know, uh, keep a, a great brand. Um, we were not supposed to be um, just over halfway through our stock already. And we are now, and now we're having to make other plans to get capsules and um, labels. It's a blessing in disguise. So where to, it's obviously to, to get modern retail listings is to create other, um, other types of brand that will complement the foundation. Um, yes. That is to keep creating. My partner's amazing creator. Um, for, uh, her passion lies in creating and making. I'll be able to give that to her and the little one as much as possible. And I enjoy the thrill of business. Obviously, it's not to um, rack up any debts, but it is to be able to create a sustainable business that will complement as many people as possible. Uh, that is our goal. And we will, there's no five or 10 year goal. It is literally just to get through the biggest hurdles that we have right now. But long-term goals are obviously um, to have the wine listed in places that complement the brand. Um, I, I'm sure anyone can buy the brand uh, if they yes. want to, because it is uh, that affordable. But uh, we we are just taking it a step at a time and trying to grow as organically as possible. Well, Craig, I just think I think that the two of you have done so well. It's not an easy street. Everybody knows launching your own business is nothing more than just sheer hard work. <laughs> it's so easy to dream, isn't it? The dreams are big yes. and you can sit and romance about it for hours on end. And it's very important that you do that so that you fall in love with your dream and your passionate, your passion is driven by the beauty of your dream. But at the end of the day, in the sober light of day, it's nothing more than jolly hard work. So you're quite oh, right. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of businesses have found during this COVID sort of spell that you really do have to become a jack of all trades. And in a strange way, COVID has turned the clock backwards for me in time because that's how we all used to be. In the olden days when I was your age, we didn't have the money to employ an accountant and a distribution manager and a filing clerk and a tea lady and a this and a that and a whatever. We literally did it all ourselves. And I think – I think that COVID has sort of forced the economic clock backwards just a tiny bit because people have been reminded that they do, they are capable of multitasking. Um, and I think it's encouraging many more people to stand on their own two feet and have their own business rather than be the bookkeeper in somebody else's business. So I think that the, the fire that COVID has, has sort of ignited in many young people is get out there and do your own thing and make sure that you do it well, which is exactly what the two of you have done. I'm really proud of you both. I hope that you're going to continue oh, making so lots of honey for many, many years <laughs> and, and yeah. good luck with, with little baby bee. She's absolutely beautiful. One last thing, just say it nicely www.beardaisy or whatever it is so that my listeners can make a note of it if they'd like to go onto your website and have a look and possibly buy some of your wines as well. What's your address? 
Ja, äh, www.bedaisy.myshopify.com Dot myshopify.com, yes. Um, it's building websites and stuff, so obviously it's a bit harder. I can add the link, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I think I'll get Dudu to put it because I don't know what that thing's saying. Is it at my Shopify or <laughs> at Mike Shopify or what is that? Dot my Shopify. <laughs> Dot my Shopify. Okay, Craigie. We'll make Just sure that on. somehow it's added to this. Dudu does all kinds of things for me. I don't know how she does them. Sure but she, she can work magic there. She does have to because I'm a complete and utter Tyrannosaurus Rex when it comes to all of this stuff. I'm still, I'm still absolutely fascinated by what goes on that I'm sitting here looking at you on a screen. We're talking. It can go onto YouTube. I'm still battling to, to work out how you got sound out of a, out of a long playing record. I mean, I still never understood <sighs> that. So you must know how this is baffling me. Carrie, Give me I, a... I, I, I'm, I'm not going to compliment you too much on this, but you've done very well for yourself. So I'm sure Being the listeners a dinosaur. that have heard and seen you know you've done very well for yourself. To get thank you, my darling. So. It was it was definitely not through any technical prowess, though, I can promise you. Somebody else always Appreciate did all it. of that for me. <laughs> Craig, lots of luck. <laughs> To both of you, and thank you so much for coming on on the Biz News Carries Corner. I've really loved chatting to you. I love your energy. I know that you're both going to do well, only upwards from here and onwards. Thanks, Kerry. <laughs> that's an, yeah, yeah, that's an your, instruction. Um, uh, your kind words. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, with your kind words and instruction, I'm sure you will. And appreciate your time so much. It really is valuable. And yeah, uh, to all the listeners, please support us. Uh, you will be doing well, uh, well, good, uh, while drinking wine. It's going for a good cause. And yeah, supporting a little brand. Uh, let's, let's give the big guys a run for their money. Fantastic. Craig, thank you, my sweetheart. Have a brilliant weekend. Thanks. You too, Carrie. Maybe I'll see you for a glass of wine. Okay. <laughs>